Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all your running, injury and performance needs. So get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you are capable of. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAKENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Hi and welcome to the podcast. Episode 103 is an interview with me about my latest big run. I am joined by guest hosts Ron Tate and Tracy Davies, both whom were members of my crew. This was a really tough run for me and a totally new experience, further than I'd ever gone before and an individual challenge rather than a race. In this episode, we delve into what motivated me to undertake this epic challenge, how I kept going when I wasn't feeling the best, and what it takes to crew someone over such a long time and distance. I really hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you do enjoy this episode, please go on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps grow the audience and the show. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. If you are looking to challenge your limits, you need to have structured, individualised training to help you get there. If you want to achieve your best, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get a program started. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Today I have with me two guest hosts. Firstly, I've got Ron. Hello. And I've got Tracy. Hello. And Ron and Tracy were part of my super crew that I had helping me on my Seven Peaks run. And um, so we thought they could come along and interview me rather than me just talking about how the run went. Um, and they could ask some questions, some insightful questions to find out what went down. Of course, they know most of it, but yes. Yes. So, so we, we know the answers before we ask them, but we'll ask them anyway. Yeah. All righty. So what's, what's first up? 
So firstly, uh, hello and welcome to your podcast. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And congratulations on completing uh, what was an epic challenge. It's, it was a big challenge, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, so first of all, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you decided to take on this challenge? Okay, so um, I always wanted to do some sort of FKT, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, and I had a look through the Victorian FKTs at the time, and most of them were sort of more flattish. Uh, in fact, pretty much all of them. Uh, towards when I was looking, towards the end when I was looking, there was one that was hillier that was put in. But certainly at the time when I looked, all of them were held by men. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just felt that there was a place for um, a woman to uh, run an FKT somewhere along the line. And, and there's been since a couple done, but they're women in teams with men. Once again, nothing wrong with that. I just um, wanted to do it as a solo female um, to show that women can do tough courses, which is why I got you, Ron, to design this really tough course, uh, as opposed to just on a, a flatter one on a rail trail or something. Um, my strength lies in the mountains. So of course I wanted to, um, create something that played to my strengths. But even though it's my strength, I still find them really, really tough because they just inherently are. So I wanted a really tough course, mountainous course um, that showcases the beauty of the Victorian high country um, whilst also doing it as a solo female um, to show that women can do really tough things. Plus a lot of those um, FKTs that we looked at were a little bit shorter as well. Yes, yeah, that's that's a good point. They yeah. were certainly um, shorter. I know there are longer ones perhaps in other states, um, yeah. but also we were thinking also that with um, so many border lockdowns happening all the time that it was probably a good idea to stick to Victoria. Not that that would mean anything because, you know, even Melbourne can get locked down. <laughs> yes. but, you know, yeah. um, it was definitely outside our five k zone. It was definitely <laughs> <laughs> just just a bit. I think the Strava police would have been on that pretty quick. <laughs> um, so I mean, even right up until just before we did the event, I, I was nervous the whole time that mm. there would be a lockdown. Um, thankfully, there wasn't, mm. and um, and it all got to go ahead, and we didn't. Yeah, we could go out of our five k zone quite legally. And so what actually were the official facts and figures of the run? Okay, so um, it was 100 and... No, see, I did it again. Sure. 291 <laughs> kilometres. <laughs> um, and um, 0.02. And uh, 11,900 something metres elevation, so 12,000 metres elevation pretty much. And it took me 67 hours, 22 minutes and 12 seconds which included, you know, breaks and sleep time and, and all that sort of stuff. Wow. So you have actually officially ran right through two nights. Two nights, which I've never done two full nights. I've done one and a half nights with GSCR. And at the time, that was the longest I'd ever gone. And I was pretty stoked with that. Mm. But this was the longest, longest. And yeah. Tracy here on my right was the one who ran with me through each of the nights. She got she was the lucky person that got those legs. I did. I got two night legs. Yeah. <laughs> but we had fun, didn't we? We had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was yes. heaps of fun. 
Tracy, do you want to ask anything? Well, I was going to say, so this is your longest run. So prior to this, yeah. how long was your longest? Well, my longest was in GSCR, which was 44 hours. And before that, my longest had been probably 34 hours at Alpine Challenge. Mm, yeah, so it was a decent, yeah, a decent a bit more. A considerable mm. amount more. So, you know, 44 hours to 67, well, it doesn't, well, actually it does, but that's like nearly another, that's 23 hours, you know, that's yes, like another, another whole day. day. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And, and I was just going to ask, so going back to um, your reason for doing it, yeah. so to sort of inspire um, more women and, yeah. um, you know, show show them that they, yeah. they can do this. If you can yeah, do this, they right, can yeah. do this. Yeah. So do you think there's a bit of a gap in, in ultras, in, you know, events like that women aren't sort of participating in? Do you I think, think women tend not to go for those, like the GSER style races, not as many women. I mean, some yeah. women do, yeah. but I think, I don't know the numbers, but I think you'd find you were part of the organising, was there, there was definitely more men entered, would you say? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there was, that was well, at a guess, I would say it was probably 80, 20. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, th I just think, I think many women may think that they are not capable of doing that when in actual fact they are, whereas men are more likely to think that they're capable of it and they are too, obviously. Yes. But I think women underestimate themselves. Mm. And, and that's what I'm trying to um, let them see that in reality, like, I know mountains are my forte and I've been in the mountains since a child, but there is no reason any woman cannot do what I have done. Like, I am not anything special per se. It's just I've done put in a lot of training. Mm -hmm. So that is what's got me there. <clears throat> yeah. And what was your training like in the months leading up to? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm still experiencing um, nerve damage in my left foot from um, a GSER and I've had... Um, Which was almost a year and a half ago now. Yeah, that's right. Um, like it, it still pins and needles all the time, that foot. And basically after GSER, I had to, I couldn't walk properly. So I had to retrain my brain to make it walk. And then I had to retrain my brain to make it run because I... I felt it was like a neural connection that wasn't working. Um, I got what was called drop foot. So um, I had to sort of relearn to run and then relearn to try to run a bit faster. And then, um, so then in these last few months, um, I really focused on getting in lots of hills, but not to the exclusion of flats as well. I was doing lots of flat tempo to try to keep up a little bit of pace, not not huge speed work, but mm -hmm. tempo. I felt really that sustained running is um, what was more necessary for, for this sort of event, whilst also um, doing lots of hills. Because often when people focus on doing hills, that's what they focus on so much that they become slower mm -hmm. uh, with their other running. Because you do, you lose the, the foot speed. Um, and I didn't have a lot to lose after that injury. Mm -hmm. Of course, I have been, um, as part of this foot thing, I've had um, plantar fasciitis and a heel spur. So, um, but these are injuries that um, you can run through. They're not made worse by the running per se. Um, I mean, it's probably, I mean, it did get better. The, the plantar, it was getting better as in improving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what was your biggest run in the lead up to the event? That was a... 
65k approximately run through the Dandenongs. It's funny, people think you need to, you know, in training for an event like this, where you're going to be out for a couple of days, they, yeah. you need to get out and run, you know, for 24 hours in yeah. the lead up to yeah. it. No, because um, the uh, recovery is too long and mm -hmm. the recovery takes so long that you won't, you won't have time. I, I backed it up the next day with a long run, but you also have to remember that my training is not just based on what I did in those three to four months. It's based on the last probably three to four years, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. And, and that's why for, for something of this length, because I've run a couple of, I don't know, 300 milers or more, I can't even remember. Um, that's all training in the bank, which gave me the ability to, to do this. If I hadn't done those milers and the 100Ks before that, then I wouldn't have been able to do this. So it's been a, it's been a long process to get yeah. to this level. And you can't just think, well, I've run 50 or 80 or, or a 65K long run. I can go and do 290Ks. Yeah. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you can't necessarily, well, I mean, maybe you could, but it might not be the best for your body. Yeah. And so did you do any... Um, like, did you stay up later? Like, did you try and train that sleep deprivation? Or yeah. I find doing... I can't train sleep deprivation. I just, I, I don't like not having my sleep. Yeah. And training it once again is too hard to recover from. Mm, and I know some people say that you can train it and they might be able to. But for myself, um, I've done previously, probably a couple of years ago, um, I was doing some night runs and all that sort of stuff and it would just wreck me mm. for a couple of yeah. weeks and I wouldn't be able to train properly. So mm. it was pointless. That's right. And recovery yeah. is key. Yeah, recovery in, is key. In planning for yeah. something like yeah. this. Yeah, and if, if I'm so tired that I can't train, then think of all that training that I'm losing. Yes. So any benefit I might have got from um, the night run is lost. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, and someone asked me, I can't remember who now, if I did much night running to practice for this event, we did one night we run. Did one, yeah. <laughs> but once again, I've got years and years of night running under my belt, and it's just second nature to mm. me. Like it, it doesn't bother me, and it's something I'm quite used to. So, once again, mm. I probably didn't need to train as much as someone who hasn't had mm. as long running as long as me. Well, I didn't do any night running. No, that's right. Training, you, like the, the, managed, they were, they were my first two nights. As long as yeah. you've got a decent. Head torch. Head torch. Yeah. Um, and, and you're and used to running off-road on trails. Right. Yeah. You, you, you're used to that sort of uneven footing. Yeah. It, it was, mm. it yeah, was fine. You don't really need to train for it per se, do yeah. you? But, yeah, um, true. But the depth perception is a bit different. Did you find that? I, I did. I did on, on the second section because yeah. it was quite rugged underfoot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of judging holes and the size of That's rocks. Right. Was, yeah. yeah, you're right. It was quite tricky, but we didn't have any issues. No, so. no. The only person um, who slid was me. I didn't fall over. That was just, I slid. It was a graceful slide. Yeah. <laughs> Very graceful. Well, well, what about mental preparation, Isabel? Did you... Did you think about that? Did that sort of factor in? Or I was, was it... really concerned about having a why and I spoke about that a lot with Ron yeah. because I, I kept saying to him, I've got to have such a good why because if I get to a point where I want to pull out, you know, which I actually never ended up getting to, so that was a relief, I really need a strong why to keep me going. Yeah. But that the why that I had of, of showing, you know, and, and inspiring women to give something really tough a crack was enough for me and, mm. and the mental... Uh, strength part of it I didn't actually need it this time I think maybe I was less nervous because it wasn't a race 
and it was something that I chose to do and that Ron and I planned and it was more a self thing. But yeah. I did feel not pressure but maybe obligation to finish it because of the number of people that were helping and that helped as well. Like that wasn't yeah. a bad, that's why I didn't want to call it pressure. It was it was positive obligation to show that, that them, all those people helping me, them taking the time out of their lives to help me was worth it. Yeah. Well, that you know? leads us into the next question yeah. that I have is who exactly did you have helping you? Well, obviously you, Ron. Obviously. <laughs> and you, Tracy. <laughs> yes. So Ron and Tracy were there from start to finish. Um, and um, so Tracy, you, well, Ron, obviously you drove the the camp van. Ron was head crew support, <laughs> right. I guess. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and was there, there giving me food and that sort of stuff. Um, and Tracy was helping with all of that and helping with general logistics, but you also ran two legs with me. Yep. And then I had Kai Bretz who ran the first two legs with me um, and we got the first three peaks together. Then Tracy and I ran together and we did Feathertop and Dinah to Harrietville. Then Scott Beams, um, who I had never met before, but I put out a call on Facebook for some helpers and he was one of the people and he was awesome. And it's so much fun to meet new people. We ran together or ran walked um, to Yurubin. Then um, from Yurubin picnic area, Zoe O'Meara did to the Horn and back with me, which was basically all day. It was some um, 45, 46 mm. Ks, I can't remember. Then from there, Danielle Graves ran with me to Scotchman's Creek and then you ran yep. with me again and to I Abbey Yard. Yeah. And then from Abbey Yard, um, I had Simon Wright helping, who was another person who came on board after the Facebook call and who hadn't, hadn't met before. And then Ron ran the last leg with me. But of course, I had other people. Um, Stephen Smith was there uh, helping with massage and taping my sore foot, which he did a brilliant job of. And um, just sort of, and also was an incredible help with logistics yeah, as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, a big help with logistics yeah. because we had to. The camper van couldn't get to certain spots, but his car mm. could, and we had to do a lot of car That's swapping. Right. We, as in you, not me, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And um, there was a lot of behind the, the scenes logistics going on, mm. um, so that I would just arrive and you guys would be there. And mm. and it took, yeah, like if you had done it on your own, it would have been impossible for oh, you to meet absolutely. me at all those different places. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then of course. Danielle's husband, Chris, came and her daughter, Amelia, and they helped too. So, like, uh, Chris had a really good four-wheel drive and, and really all set up for proper four-wheel driving. So he was able to help through the Scotchman's Creek section and um, Cobbler Lake because the van definitely couldn't get no, into there. <laughs> and, um, and Stephen was needed to help ferry you to and fro, which kind of yeah. didn't happen. Um so Chris, Danielle and Amelia were awesome to, for their help through there as well. So mm -hmm. everyone put in a lot of work and effort and, and, you know, everyone was tired because it was, you know, nobody really got any sleep. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just me not sleeping. It was, um, you know, everybody. And I've always said that crewing is just as tough a job as the running. Yeah, sure, you're not doing the physical running, but that mental logistics is really tiring. At least mm. all yeah. I had to do was focus on running. Yeah. Like I didn't have to think about anything else. Yeah. That's true. You know, I find the mental stuff is is really exhausting as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. And what yeah. sort of time was was the planning, like the behind the scenes planning? Like sort of how long did that take the two of you to mm. map out and, and think about? And What do you reckon, about yeah. six months? Yeah, we've probably been working on it for 
Um, a good six months. Yeah, probably yep. towards the end of last year where we started to think about. Well, we started to realise that Barclay, I probably mm. wouldn't get to go to Barclay because of travel. Yes. And yep. so we started planning this just in case. So I had something to do that was tough if I couldn't get to Barclay and that would actually be good Barclay training. Mm. And this definitely was. Yeah. Um, so that was that was why we did that because I wanted something so I wouldn't feel too horribly disappointed if, if Barclay didn't go ahead, which it mm. didn't. Yeah. So then I had something really awesome to focus on. And then just over Christmas and that, we yeah. went to the high country and did some recce runs. And I don't know, it seemed, I mean, to me, like our planning was sort of always a little bit vague and not really, but then it all just came together. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel uh, the took, same? It took me, I think, four different um, versions of the course, just a, a small tweaks. We, we always had a fair idea of where we wanted to go. Yeah. Um, but through all our wrecking over Christmas um, and early this year, we narrowed it down. We, you know, we found that there were a couple of spots that we couldn't get to and you know, or that we had vague ideas on doing, but just turned out to be too difficult yeah. at that time in the run, you know, like going down Muesli Spur with 100, uh, 250 Ks um, done. Just, we spoke about it and decided it just wasn't a sensible so idea. So for those who don't know, Muesli Spur is quite a technical, um, a really technical descent with huge rocks and, you know, it was hard enough with 10 Ks under yeah. my legs mm. without, yeah, 250 odd, you yeah. know, kilometres in my legs. And, and I just said, that's just an accident mm. waiting to happen. Mm. Yeah. And so that's when we chose to go down Speculation Road, which was about how many kilometres longer? Five? About five Ks longer. Yeah, five Ks yeah. longer, but so much easier. Yeah. yeah. Though so, in saying that it didn't feel easy. But yeah. <laughs> so there are a few different things like that that I had to tweak. And then um, once we'd pretty much decided on it, we, um, I had a friend of mine create an Avenza map, um, which made it even, you know, easier to follow and more safe. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, you know, once, once we had an Avenza map set up at any time, Izzy or anyone she was running with could find out exactly where they were. Yeah. And so there was no chance of, of getting mm. lost, which was, which was just so much easier. And also yeah. Avenza maps is really important because um, you can look at it when you're offline and a lot of mm. the places we were in, Oh. There was yeah. no mobile reception. No reception, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, the Amenza map was terrific, yeah. actually. It what was, was your saying? Well. All you focus on is the... The, the, the blue dot on the purple line. <laughs> blue dot on the purple Just line. Just keep that blue dot on the purple <laughs> <Yeah>. line. <laughs> mm. Mm. You know, and, and but that's, once again, it's reducing the brain fatigue. Yes. And, and that's reducing the brain fatigue by just focusing on keeping that dot on the line. Yeah. If you're having to think about where you're actually going, which is why something like Barclay is so exhausting, mm. is because you're also using having to use your brains, you know, for navigating. Mm. This one, at least, it was just focusing on, on getting along the course. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was very mm. easy to follow. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was a, it was a great, great course, well-designed, and um, that really took in so much of the high country. Tell us a little bit about the course, just briefly. Yeah, well, it's a um, long course. <laughs> yeah, it is a long course. It could take a while. So um, basically, the beginning of it is pretty much Bogong to Hotham. Not quite because we veer off uh, through Falls Creek to go to Mount Mackay, which is actually the top of Falls Creek. It's very a very unassuming peak. Mm. So first of all, we did Bogong, which was um, snowy and freezing and just horrendous when we got up there. And I hadn't brought enough clothes because I didn't think. Bogong would be that cold. And it was actually lovely down 
And the thing is, you told me to take a jacket and a long, I wasn't going to take a long sleeve top. I was just going to take the rain jacket. And you said, take a long sleeve top just in case, take gloves just in case. And holy moly, if I hadn't taken them, that would have been the run finished. Because as it was, I was running, trying to put my hands under my armpits to keep warm and getting blown off the the actual trail Mm. because the wind was so strong. It was picking me up and lifting me up off the trail pretty much. Mm. And, um, so, and then once we got down into the trees again, heading down to Big River, it was such a relief. And then, yeah, then I was back in T-shirt, mm. you know, and it was hot and warm and the river crossing was lovely and all that sort of stuff. But then back up to, um, <clears throat> yeah, my, but but then, yeah, got into falls and I was still, I was feeling a little bit ordinary, like food wasn't going down so well. And, and, and I remarked to you, Ron, that I felt better in the 65k long run, yeah. you know, mm. and there was I only at 31ks and I was feeling crap. Mm. And um, do you, you think that had anything to do with the, the fact that you sort of got off to a bit of a shaky start, having unexpected snow yeah. and I know, think just that, things that you yeah, weren't necessarily yeah. expecting? And that made me nervous also for what was ahead. And I think that cold wind and coldness really drains you physically and, mm. and probably also, you know, drew all my energy away from digesting and to my limbs to try to keep me warm so digesting was even harder than it normally Mm. is when you're running um and I I think yeah I think that cold had a huge impact and it's highly underestimated what Mm. an impact it has on you it's true and Mm. certainly underestimated by me I mean maybe other people don't but um but like once you get cold yeah it's it, it goes right through you sometimes, yeah. I felt it? like I didn't fully warm up again until after I'd finished the run, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then after Mount Mackay, we went down to the Pondage and Oates through Pole 333 and headed over to Hotham, which, as everyone knows, is part of the, well, those who've done it, uh, part of the Bogong to Hotham. And so then we went mm. up to Hotham and that's when we went um, after that along the Razorback to Feathertop, which we did in the dark and that really wasn't so bad. No. I was nervous about doing it in the dark. I mean, I've yeah. done it in the dark before and I remember that time that was horrible and that was during Alpine Challenge. Mm. And um, But this time it didn't it didn't feel as no, bad. No, it wasn't too bad, was it? Yeah, I'd that, kind of regrouped, I think. Yes, but again, it, the wind was icy up yeah, there, wasn't oh, yeah, it? It, it was, was a, yeah, when we, you get to those peaks, yeah. it's, it's a real blast of icy yeah. air. Well, for that section, I actually wore waterproof pants, which was the first That's time right. I've ever worn That's them right. in, and I've had, you know, waterproof pants in my kit forever but it it really made a difference to have my legs a bit warmer yeah and and I wore them because I was so cold on Bogong and Kai was wearing waterproof pants and I remember being really jealous (laughs) (laughs) because my capris it was like seriously it felt like I had bare legs that they felt completely useless and I Mm. thought you know normally when I ran in Canada in the cold I had thermal pants on well I didn't have any thermal Mm. pants so the waterproof pants although highly unattractive, mm. really did the job. They did yeah. make a difference because yeah. I remember you saying towards the end of that, I'm really hot now, yeah. but I'm going to leave them on. Yeah, that's right. Until we get there. Yeah, because mm. I just thought I couldn't... Being be... warm was a bit of a, a blessing. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It was that. so nice to feel warm that, and, and I just couldn't be asked taking yeah. them off either. Yeah. Um, so I just left them on and it was like... And, and it, wasn't, yeah. I, it wasn't as uncomfortable as I expected with waterproof mm-hmm. pants on. So um, after dissing waterproof pants for years, I'm, I'm a fan, <laughs> <laughs> a definite fan. Then, of course, we hit the road and that's when I ran with Scott. And um, Of course, don't forget about the um, oh. memorable aid station in Harry. So this yeah, is yeah. 24 hours. We're, we're 24 hours in now, yeah. almost, aren't we? So this is your yeah. first night. Yeah, You're yeah, into your yeah. first night. 
And um, yeah, the, the, um, Steve set up an awesome aid station, a nice warm um, massage room in the female toilets in Harrietville Park. That's right. <laughs> with a gas burner, with a, yeah. a, a heater, a portable yeah. heater. Yeah, that's right. And, and I was eating in the toilets and <laughs> doing everything you shouldn't do in the toilets. <laughs> you know what? I was at the point I didn't care. You know, um, it was just so nice to be indoors. Um, so yeah, so Steve gave me a bit of a, a rub down and, and I think, I don't know what he did. I can't even remember, no. but I ate in there, drank some Coke, you know, and then you see, once I got back outside again, I got the shivers and I just had to start mm. each time yeah. I stopped, I'd get the shivers again and just be shaking mm. uncontrollably yeah. and it would just be, just make, let me start, let me start. And, um, Luckily, I had my puffy jacket, which just made mm. all the world of difference. I should have had that on Bogong. Yeah. I ran with that on pretty much the entire, you did, yeah. the entire yeah. run. Mm. Yeah. And just I would take it off and, and someone would either carry it for me or stuff it in my pack. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah. 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 And what was it like going from the from the the rugged trails to the road? Was it well, I thought a relief it would be awesome. or was it did yeah. it was it I cause it. any <laughs> grief to your legs? It was um it did hurt my legs with the bitumen. Like yeah. I really noticed the difference and my feet. I put on road shoes for that mm. because I thought, well, you know, that'll be easier and better. I don't suppose it really made any difference, but geez, my feet hurt. And that's when I got the sore toes and everything like that mainly. Mm. Um because it was just so hard on the feet and on the legs. And it was just like relentless. It was just relentless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and just seeing, even though it was dark, but that road stretching mm. out in front of you, at least when you're in the mountains and you feel like you've achieved something when you've, when you've gone up and then you come down. But mm. with the road, just, and it, I'd be going like, I'd be going, how much further to so-and-so or 5K? And I'd be like, but that's so far. <laughs> and Scott would go, it's not very far. It's just a little bit. And I'm saying, you say that, but it is. Oh. But it was always just a little bit. And he was yeah. always 100% right. And it wasn't before <laughs> I knew it, it was done. And, um, yeah, it was just amazing how quick it went. And was it a bit more open then? Like, did you, yeah. did the wind? No, luckily there wasn't too much wind no. because I guess we were down in the valley. But, yeah. um it was probably, and it wasn't even that cold. Like it was the middle of the night, but often I was running just in a t-shirt. Mm. Um, but it would be like, as soon as I take my jacket off and I'd run for 2K and then it would get, get hit a cold patch again, mm. yep. jacket back on. It was like on, off, on, off, on, off. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was fine, you know? And um, yeah, and it was, it was different and it was weird running through the township of Bright <clears throat> mm. in the middle of the night with everything yeah, closed. Yeah, because it was, what a... Three. two or three in the morning yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah and um it was just super weird mm. and then of course you know we headed up through the Porapunka uh after the Porapunka roundabout and and headed up and there was a bit of a climb on the road and I used my poles for that but mm. then I was really starting to get quite wonky and tired and um just exhausted mm. so so you hadn't had a had a a nap at no, all so that no. was 24 hours in yeah and yeah. you were still going strong with no yeah no, no naps no naps yeah so then uh at Eurobin, which by the time I got there I think it was like 5 30 yeah because it was still dark but I knew it was going to get mm. light yeah. soon and I wanted to get into the my bed before it got light but it didn't matter because I ended up putting the doona over my head and um and anyway yeah. just to keep myself warm because I was so cold mm. um so how long did you well, I said, Sleep wake me up 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. I lay down and you came in 45 minutes later. Yeah. So I don't know. I wouldn't say I slept for 45 minutes because I didn't go to sleep straight away. Yeah. Um, but um, 
it would probably I probably fell asleep five minutes, so forty yeah. minutes. You it's know, it's good to just close your eyes though, isn't oh it? Oh my and god, just yeah, get off was, your feet. It was just so nice to get off my feet, mm. and um, and then I got up again, and I just felt so much better. I felt like a human being again, not just some. I don't know what I felt like before. Zombie. Yeah, zombie. <laughs> so, you know, and that was good. And um, that's when we headed up Buffalo. And that was another one that I was dreading because it was an out and back. Yeah. And I was yeah. just thinking, out and backs always feel so pointless. Like, mm. you know, like you're having to go back over the course you've already covered and and that seems like you're giving up those mm, yeah, it's a long out or you know yeah. exactly every single step because yeah. you've just done it you know exactly. you know that corner you know yeah. that hill you know that yeah. <laughs> but um but in saying that also because i knew it and i've done it a few times in buffalo stampede it was good because i'd go oh i'm here now and mm. oh i'm nearly there so it actually it once again like i thought feather top was going to be bad and it wasn't mm. i thought buffalo was going to be bad and it wasn't it was it was mm. fine it was actually really good and the horn was amazing, so beautiful. Um, yeah. The horn being the summit. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was just awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, I started to have more foot problems by then, um, because I remember Steve had to check my feet again. Yeah. At one point, a mm -hmm. couple of points at the chalet, but yeah. also before then, I can't remember specifically what was wrong by then. I think my toes. All around. Oh, the, the blister. Was it the blister? Yeah, the, the blister. The blister, the blister the was blistering under your tape. Yeah, and oh. also the, the toenails, the bedding around my toenails mm. was starting to go funky because mm. remember we put the little, we put little, um, I've got little rubberized toe sleeves. Toe sleeves, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. To put over my long second toe, mm. which I did, but it still just kept mm. getting worse. It's just, you know, there's only, there's only so much a toe sleeve can do. And, and yeah. You know yeah. that kind of pinding. There's only so many k's your toes can take That's before right. they mm. say they've had enough. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so got down to Urban again, and that was awesome. And uh, then headed out with Danielle once again on part of the um, Buffalo Stampede course um, out to Buckland Valley Road, and that's where I saw you both again. Yeah. Yep. And um, so this was another road section. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that was um, bitumen, and then it turned to. Um, Dirt. dirt and yeah. once it was dirt it was so much nicer we were just like when is it dirt when is it dirt mm. and it was mm. finally dirt which was nice it's interesting that you could that you could you notice the difference between oh, those two yeah it's amazing you know? when your legs are fatigued it really is noticeable the difference between bitumen or concrete mm. i mean i'm sure which concrete is so unforgiving was, yeah yeah <laughs> and bitumen slightly better but you know not a lot yeah but it was a section where you know we had the high-vis jackets on again and, and that so just letting mm. everyone know that we did all the right things when we're on the roads we had high-vis jackets we ran facing the traffic i had flashing light on the back of my head as well as you know a head torch and yeah. we really made sure that we were safe like yeah. you can't just run on these roads without doing the right things mm. Mm. especially this this road seemed to have a lot of traffic moving quickly yes yes and yep. it was at um it had just passed dark so it was you know i guess and it was saturday night seven, seven o'clock <laughs> yeah it was yeah, yeah. seven o'clock at night yep. Yep. um yeah and the the just while we were waiting for you to um, come out onto the road there just seemed to be a lot of fast traffic yeah. Mm, we right. were actually lucky there wasn't that much when we were on there and and they were really good they all gave us a huge wide berth even there were a couple mm -hmm. of semis oh, yeah. they gave us like they just went over it completely into the other lane so mm -hmm. everyone was really awesome mm -hmm. out there on the roads mm -hmm. yeah and and it was really um appreciated mm. 
um, so that was that was good. But yeah, I think it helped that we were wearing the high vis, mm. and oh, they yeah. probably appreciated that we were doing the right thing. So therefore, they did the right yeah. thing. Mm. Yeah. And yep. I think that all makes a difference. Everyone showing respect for each other mm-hmm. because mm. it would be kind of weird coming across people running on the road in the middle of the night. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not something you see every day. No. no. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, we got into um, got to the Scotchman's Creek, and that's where Steve had to take off the tape because the top of my foot was hurting, the bones there. Mm because mm-hmm. um, he'd taped the, the planter maybe a little bit too high or pulling on it too hard. Mm-hmm. And that's when he opened up the blister um, and put a blister pad on it. And, it. and the blister never actually hurt. Like I knew there was a blister because I could feel tingling there, but other than that, it never actually hurt. Mm-hmm. And so we fixed that up. And then the top of my foot was golden. Like before that, I'd been like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to put up with this pain for the rest of the run. It was mm-hmm. really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did that and it was just like such instant relief. Mm-hmm. And then we headed off. Yes, we headed off again. Yeah, and that was some steep, steep climbs. <laughs> it was a lot. It was very up and down, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it was steep up, steep down. Yes, relentlessly. Relentless would be the <laughs> word I would say. <laughs> and um, and that caused my shins to start hurting. Oh, it did. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, and it was not so much the shin, the muscle. It was um also the foot where the Steve said it was where the foot, the the tibia and the fibula connect to the. The you know the the foot there and the yeah, bones yeah. were shearing against each just other. Like, he said like pressure wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, just because it was so steep. Yeah, um, and it was rutted, so you couldn't sort of put your feet on an angle. You had to run kind of with your feet pointing down, mm. um, which really put a lot of pressure on your shins. And yeah. and you were so good because you had sore legs, but you didn't complain once. I did. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to say anything because <laughs> I was doing enough complaining for both of us. I had very <laughs> sore legs. Yeah. Very sore. But but that up and down, it was very yeah. intense. It oh, was quite. I so I can imagine how. Your legs after having what, hundred and eighty yeah. by then maybe yeah. k's like in that. the legs. Yeah. Mm. Um. So that was a very very tough section. To that was. I think very you might have ticked over to two hundred somewhere along that. Side. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, think you so. did. Yeah, because right. I think I got excited. Yeah, yeah. we did. We did have yeah. a have a little celebration. Yeah. That <laughs> was um, a woohoo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so, um, so then through that section, mm-hmm. yeah, through that section, you were into you put you hit forty eight hours. Yes, didn't you? Yeah, that, yeah. that would so be right. Hit, well, right hours. towards the end. Yeah, towards the end, end. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then we also um, as part of our adventures, Tracy, we came across some hunters. Oh yes, this was. <laughs> You're probably better <laughs> telling the story because it was all a bit of a vagueness for me. Yes. So tell the story of the hunters. So so we're de- deep in deep in the dark woods, in aren't back, we? Back country. Yeah. With no one around. Yeah, that's right. It's just the two of us with our little lights on and our sore legs, and um, we hear some dogs barking, mm. and we're like, oh, okay, there's some dogs barking, and all of a sudden we hear some people yell out, "Quiet! Be quiet!" Mm. Um, and as we both turn our heads to the side, um, our head torches catch a row of little eyes staring back at us. So <laughs> it was a good ten dogs. It was, it was, so there must have been yeah, at least eight to ten dogs all hunting lined dogs. up, hunting dogs all <laughs> lined up in a row. And obviously, the people that we could hear talking were hunters. Yeah. So. We were worried because we thought, well, they don't know what the dogs are barking at. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they don't let them loose to find out. <laughs> so, so just We started running like so the we, wind. We did, yeah, in our own way. Yeah. We, uh, we, put, hey, uh, we put the pushing There was pace. no one to see us, so we <laughs> were right. running like Kenyans, I think. That's right. We, we didn't want to get tangled up in any hunting expeditions. No. And and yeah. um, interestingly, the next day the, it was on the news that some a hunter got shot and killed in that area on that very day. Mm. So yes, so 
So I realized, yeah. Mm, yeah, it was a it was a good a surreal moment. A good, yeah. yes. Yes. All part of the adventure. And it was because I think I remember saying to you at the time, this will make a good story. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And and it does. It's all those weird and wacky moments that do make the good stories. Like when um so Steve was also out there. He was um uh fro- leapfrogging us for safety um yeah. in, in his truck, um, which was really awesome. So he was a few kilometers ahead. So um but he, it, the, this section ends with a river crossing and um, Chris was meant to be there with some spare shoes because I didn't want to get my last pair of good shoes wet. Um, but he was out picking up Simon and it had taken longer than he expected. So luckily Steve was there and, um, and but Steve didn't have my running shoes, obviously. So, he, but he had a spare pair of hiking boots in his car, obviously designed for Steve, not for me. So they're about <laughs> 20 sizes too big. So I put them on. These 20 sizes, two big hiking boots and waded, waded through the river the in the dark mm-hmm. and uh, easily taking the deepest route <laughs> possible. <laughs> and then you, there's this steep climb out of it and in oh. these boots filled with about 20 <laughs> litres of water. But I didn't want to take them off because it would be yeah. bare feet on rocks. When, and- I, when I took them off you and emptied them out, there was, I reckon, at least half a litre of water. <laughs> So no wonder they were so bloody heavy and slopping around in my face. I felt like a little two-year-old in her dad's shoes or something. <laughs> yeah. But, but once again, it was it's funny and makes a good story. It was all part of the adventure. But, yep. And your shoes didn't, your good shoes didn't get wet. My good shoes and my good socks didn't get wet because I wanted to keep them mm-hmm. for the till the end. That's and then right. yeah. So I tried to lie down again, but the pain in to sleep, but the pain in my shins and especially that ankle was so intense. I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't even really rest. It was pointless. Mm-hmm. So I called out to you. Yep. Steve came along and came to massage. And I'm like, just be really gentle because it was so painful. I was scared for him to even touch it. That's how painful it yeah. was. But he was he got some deep heat into it and some super gentle massage and slowly amped it up a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it was perfect. Never like I got sore shins again, but never that incredible, intense pain that... Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is it, you know. Mm. Um, so that was super helpful. And, of course, at that stage, that's when you gave me a chicken wrap and that's when I realised mm-hmm. my tongue was so swollen I couldn't eat because I tried to bite it and I just ended up choking on it because I couldn't chew it or swallow mm. it because my son- tongue was taking up so much room in my mouth. Oh. Mm-hmm. I couldn't fit food and I couldn't chew because yeah. I'd end up biting my tongue. Yeah. So you made more porridge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, with peanut butter and maple syrup and you fed it to me as I did I spoon fed it to you as we were going like a baby yeah (laughs) so so on the food maybe just just tell tell all of us I know we know but so you've done 48 hours up to this point um what food were you eating well because I was working and not working because I was feeling nauseous from early on I find I couldn't eat all the bars and and the other things that I had they'd been going down well and I've been using them in training but suddenly I just couldn't use any of it. Mm. Um, and so I was just mainly at the aid stations eating real food, just a whole heap yep. as much as, and that would kind of keep me full for an hour, an hour and a half. Mm. And then. Um, so we're having lots of oats, weren't you? Yeah. Lots of porridge. Lots of porridge. And I would have um, paper cups and take it with me yep. and eat that. So that was full of um, not just porridge, yep. um, but, you know, peanut butter which is protein, good fats, and some yep. maple syrup because I can't have the honey because of the fructose. It's high fructose. Um, and just mixed with water, not milk, because, you know, milk makes you a bit sick. 
And um, so that was that was the best food mm. ever. Yeah. Um, it really saw me through. Once again, I've never had that in a run before. And I know they say don't try anything you haven't tried before, but we were at the point we had You're to. at the point where you've yeah. run out of Options. trying everything. Yeah. Um, and then um, like at the bottom of Urban, as you will all remember, I um found a roast chicken. <laughs> that I bought in Mansfield and just left sitting on the bench. Which I'm sure. Waiting, waiting to chop up into Yeah, the, so it was still yeah. warm and oh my God, if I could have put my head in that bag, I would have. <laughs> it was so good. Like, it's funny how food can just taste so bloody good. All I knew was I was craving protein and I, you were like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, nothing, I don't want to do it. And then I saw that chicken and, you you know, I'd have probably yeah. murdered you if you tried to get in the way of yeah. <laughs> that chicken. So um, I but, that, ate, but that's your body telling yeah, you what you need, isn't it? it? And you just got to go with it. You've got to go with it. Obviously, it had told you earlier what it didn't want. Yeah, And now it was telling you what it did oh, want. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I wanted protein. And, oh, my God, that went down so well. So I had that. And then I was able to stomach more porridge. Mm. So, you know, um, so that was great. You know, once again, protein, fats, you know, mm. and then the porridge carbs. Mm. So, um, you know, I think when you do these long distances, you've got to have protein of some description and you've got to have fats. Yeah. yeah. Your body really needs fats as well. Like we all mm. think carbs, 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 but all the other stuff is, is super important too. Mm. But then once my tongue got that bad, well, then um well and on the scotchman's creek track you know you went into the thai restaurant and you got me um hockey and noodles and that's that's stuff. right mm. yep and i had that in ziploc bags some noodles and fried rice yeah. yeah in ziploc bags stuffed into your pack that's right <laughs> <laughs> that exploded <laughs> it's not like a thai restaurant no, that's probably what the dogs were barking at <laughs> They could smell us. You were safe. All I had to do was run faster than That's you. Exactly right. <laughs> Which wouldn't have been hard. Oh. Um, so I would just get the Ziploc bag, open it, and just once again stuff my face in it because I lost all human civilized whatever by that stage. I was oh. just like an animal. Um, and just stuffing my head in with noodles hanging out my mouth. And <laughs> you know. <laughs> It was just disgusting. Um, and so then once, and so you had to start the next section with me because Chris still hadn't managed to get Simon back yet because the roads were so much worse than he expected. So it took yes, him longer. Yes, that's right. That's right. So I'd gone across the creek in my shoes because I didn't care because I was finishing. That's right. And then yeah. I got to the other end and yeah. and then went again. Because <laughs> I said, I'm not waiting for Simon. I just want to get going. I didn't want to sit there. I just wanted to keep moving. I couldn't sit there. I was in too much pain. And I think Stephen came over and I said, what did, what's she going to do? And he said, she's going to go on her own. And I, I, said, I was happy to go on No, my pack back on. I'm <laughs> going with you. Because <laughs> I felt bad. I didn't want to, want to make you go again because I no. knew you had had it in your head, you were finishing. Right. But it was still much nicer to have company. But yeah. I would I could have done it on my own. Like, you know, I knew it was a fairly um, clear part of the course. Yeah. But still. It but safety-wise, you know, it is, yeah. it's better to be. And it ended and up And I did have to spoon good. feed you your yes, porridge you at that point. <laughs> and, and it was good having paces doing that because forcing me to eat because when I get to that stage, I find it really hard to remember to eat and, and remember mm. to drink. Mm. And also I don't want to eat because I hate it. So you make me, which I know I need to do, mm. if you know what I mean. That's right. Mm. And you can't force yourself. No. You really no. need someone there to give you that yeah. extra oh, little. you do. Yeah. Open up. Yeah. <laughs> it really was like that. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Comes the airplane. Yeah. So um, it was exactly like that. Um, so, yeah. So then uh, we went out on the, that part of the course and then, um, Chris came down the road in the car with Simon. So Simon hopped out and joined me. 
Yeah. And we got through to um, Cobbler Lake and that was all good. And I, everything was tracking along around. I mean, I was tired, but I was still doing okay. But then that's when the um, lack of sleep hit me. Mm-hmm. And I had a bit of a, well, suddenly one second I was all right. The next second I had to stop and I, I had to shake my head because something felt weird and it felt like, felt like I'd left my body and I was a little bit behind me and that I wasn't really controlling my body. My body was just doing stuff and everything sounded far away. My own voice sounded far away. Simon sounded far away. Um, It was just the most weird experience and it it really was quite unsettling and and scary. Um, I mean, Simon kept reminding me to eat and to drink and all that sort of stuff which I was struggling with because of my mouth and my lips were all cracked. And mm. so I couldn't even open my mouth very wide because they were so cracked. Um, and so how did you deal with that? Like that feeling out of body and I just, and, oh, yeah, sort of not really understand. I mean, you would have understood what was happening. because I did, but I was also really scared thinking that it wouldn't go away. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds dumb, but you know, I've got tinnitus and, and I used to not have tinnitus and it suddenly came on and it never went away. Mm. So in my mind, this was a similar sort of thing. Yes. Like, what if this comes on? I've done this to myself yeah. and now it's not going to go away. And, and you already mentioned the nerve damage in your foot yeah, too. That's right. So, yeah, you, don't, you, you just, just don't know, what's, you don't know what, what your doing. body can handle. Yeah, you're, and at, like, you're at a point that's the furthest you've done, isn't it's it? Furthest at this point. Yeah, furthest in time. You're in unknown territory. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I didn't know, am I damaging my body? Am I doing something to myself that mm. there's no coming out of, like the nerve damage, like the tinnitus, like, you know? Yeah. So I was really scared. So all I wanted to do was get to King Hut where Ron was and just see Ron, like, because mm-hmm. yeah. you could magically fix everything, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Which I did. <laughs> I mean, and, and Simon was saying to me, it's just a sleep deprivation. You'll be okay. Mm. And, and but, you know, I, Simon was great and fantastic, but I needed someone I knew, if you know what I mean, mm. as dumb as that sounds. Um, but he was awesome during that stage because he really kept me on an even keel and um, was really encouraging and, and he was really good. Yeah. So it was a, a really good that I didn't end up doing that on my own. Because yes. I think yes. if I'd been on my own when that happened, I'd have... Yeah, might have had a bit of a breakdown. Not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so it was it was brilliant that he was there. Yeah. Mm. Um. So then I got to King Hut, and you did. You made me feel better because you said, "No, this is what yeah. happens to people." You know, where had you heard that before? Uh, I've just just been, you know, working on, um, you know, big runs, and also just talking to people who have done it, where they've, you know, gone through the sleep deprivation, the hallucinations. Yeah. You know. I've never heard of it, you know, being lasting, you know. Yeah. Mm. So. yeah. And look, intellectually, I knew it probably wasn't, yeah. but just because of my previous experiences, yeah. I was I was mm. just scared that I was doing some damage to my body. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I lay down because you said get some sleep. Mm. I lay down, but the pictures were like snapping in my head, mm. all these really vivid pictures um, mm. of I don't even know what. I can't remember, just weird random things of people, though. Um, of people I don't know mm. and um, so I couldn't sleep but it did reset my brain mm. and I still had yeah. that space out hearing but it was slowly getting better like by the time I finished it, it was mm. pretty much gone even though I hadn't gotten any sleep yeah. but that reset my brain and helped me 
to get through that. And mm. then we headed off again. I think that was only, you know, a 10 or 15 minute lie down as well. Yeah, it yeah, it was only about long. 10 minutes. Yeah. Mm. That, that's what I thought it was, only mm. about 10 minutes. But it was enough, mm. you know, and I just needed just needed to lie down. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. knew that's what I needed. Um, and it just, it just reset my brain. And I think sometimes that's why we need sleep is because the brain gets so overloaded. Mm-hmm. Overstimulated. Yeah, overstimulated. Yeah. And, yeah. and it just needs nothing and although my brain was sending pictures um it was still it didn't have to work at least Mm. you know um you know keeping me upright keeping me going keep pushing so um it was good and then um and then we had another creek crossing but I just sucked it up and got my good shoes wet (laughs) oh you did (laughs) but I knew I only I only had about 25k to go yeah all uphill pretty yeah. much yeah two um, mountains yeah, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. last 25 days. that's right but um it was also like you know this is this is the end you know coming up to the end and it, it's funny because at, at king hut i didn't want to keep going i really didn't want to but i didn't want to stop either so it was just like I, I lay there for 10 minutes it's just like i just want to go i don't want to sit and relax and feel better i just want to mm. get this over and done with and let's just do it because sitting here just prolongs the inevitable so um, so this time you had to feed me porridge, but yes. even then I, I ended up getting you to throw it out because yeah. I just couldn't stomach one more mouthful of goddamn yeah. porridge. That's right. And you were, you were convinced you were never going to eat porridge again. I was oh, convinced. And, about, and have you? Have you gone Maybe. back to your porridge? And my peanut butter too. Oh, you have. Well, then that hasn't spoiled it then. No, no. I thought, because I do have a peanut butter addiction, I ate a good whole jar of peanut butter in that 67 mm-hmm. hours with 100 peanut butter mm-hmm. yeah plus some more of the other yeah. peanut butter that we started plus some of danielle's peanut butter it's a shit ton of peanut yeah. butter <laughs> <laughs> yes. it was a shit ton of kilometers it was. <laughs> you yeah. needed it oh i did and so yeah so yeah that now i know why i love peanut butter because it's the food of the gods yeah right and uh so yes so then i just i still had some noodles so i was eating them but even then i finished with some noodles i ended up doing that last however many hours that was, six, seven hours with pretty much. Yeah, you, I think you you stopped eating um, just before King Hut, uh, Craig's oh, Hut. Well, because before, and before yeah. then I didn't really eat much noodles. Mm. I had, I probably had half of a small Ziploc bag of noodles and mm. some of that porridge, it just ended up getting so thick. Yeah, that it, it, was, it was like concrete. It, it was like, oh. yeah, it was like concrete. And I'm just like, no, please God. Mm. Um, it was too hard. And so, yeah, and the noodles, um, and yeah, I just ended up not eating for probably mm. four or five hours. Yeah. And but it was just like I, I know I'm near the end. Mm. And mm. and was this because of your, your this was because of your mouth? Was, my mouth yeah. and also yeah, my mouth because my stomach was hungry. I yeah. was actually hungry. Yeah. And I wanted food, but oh my god, eating was so incredibly <clears throat> pain. Even drinking was painful. And trying to swallow, I'd almost to drink, I'd have to you know suck it and then throw my head back mm. to try and. Get the water down past that huge lump in my yeah. mouth. Because you just my had tongue. no power if you can't use your tongue. And yeah, mm-hmm. and I had to do this weird cough all the time because normally you swallow all the time without knowing it, but I couldn't swallow, so the spit was pooling in the back of my throat. So I'd have to do this cough <laughs> to actually push the spit down my throat because I couldn't swallow. I actually had lost the ability to swallow. Yeah. Um, and even mm. once I was in bed at night. I couldn't swallow and at one point I choked. I remember yeah. I was lying there and I started choking on oh. my own spit because mm. I couldn't swallow. 
because of my tongue. Oh. So, which scared me too. And, and so, this, so this is something that hasn't happened. That, that Never hasn't happened had a before. swollen yeah. tongue. Yeah. And I don't know if that's to do with the amount of time I was out there or, or what it was. Like, I, I truly don't know what caused that because I wasn't dehydrated. Like, <laughs> Were you mm. talking too much? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, that's what Ron says. But I also think because I got a bit of asthma with the cold air and all that, mm. I think it was the coughing, a lot mm. of coughing. Yeah. Um, which is why I lost my voice as well. So I lost my voice, my tongue was swollen. <clears throat> yeah, it was just a, yeah. It was just, yeah, it just took a toll. It took a toll, <laughs> took a you toll. know. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, I didn't get my voice back properly until Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, wow. Wednesday, no, actually Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday, mm. I still, it still wasn't fully back. Yeah. So I would say Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then we we just, and, and the climb up to Stirling, once you've done Craig's Hut and then you go down a bit and then this climb up to Sterling, that's relentless as well, yeah. isn't it? And I just had to focus on, because if I'd looked up, you know, admittedly it was dark, but just seeing the hill after hill and thinking, oh, my God, when does it end? So I chose not to just invest in that thought of, oh, my God, this is never ending. And I just looked at the ground in front of me and just went one foot, one foot. Like I was actually thinking those words, one foot, one foot. And then I'd hit a little peak and I'd be like, oh my God. And I'd, I'd really rat, talk myself up. Oh, that's so awesome. You've done so well. This is all in my head. <laughs> you were so awesome. You got to that. And I was actually feeling really happy and positive. And, and, and when you focus on that flat piece of ground in front of you, it is flat. And you don't even realize how much you're climbing because that piece of ground in front of you is flat. Mm. And I was taking these weird little steps and I probably... I don't know what it seemed like to you, but um, I, I felt really good about it. And um, instead of trying to push and take big steps and push through the hill mm. and, and master the hill, I just sort of became <laughs> one with it, which sounds mm. wanky, but <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? I'd stopped mm. fighting the hill yeah. and, oh, my God, it made it so much easier. It didn't make it necessarily faster. Mm. It just made it so much easier. But in many respects, I think it did make it faster because – as I recall on GSER, there was these last hills, the twins or something. Yep. Mm. Yeah, just before Mount Hoffman. Yeah, and I'd been dreading them on the way back. And, and I remember fighting them and I just had to keep stopping and, and leaning on my poles and going, oh, and, and Nikki'd be going, come on, come on. Like, oh, I'm so and then I'd fight again and then I'd have to stop. This time I didn't stop, I just mm. kept going. Mm. So it, maybe it was faster <clears throat> in all, simply mm. because I didn't have to keep stopping and 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 battling as much. It just mm. felt so much better mm. yeah so I, I don't know how to explain it but that patch of ground in front of my feet was flat yeah, yeah. so you've just broken it down into manageable little sections. yeah one so, you step, know like yeah basically. just this bit just this yeah. bit just this bit and it's amazing how quickly it goes when all you're focusing is on that one footstep in front of you I mean I've heard mm. people talk about that thing, sort of thing and thought how ridiculous mm. but it really made yeah. such a huge difference and I think yeah. it helped being night because the head torch meant that's all I could actually see yes. as well, you know? Yeah, it was yeah. Getting, getting a bit foggy. So the fog yeah. was starting to come in there too. Yeah. So visibility Which made visibility really there. hard. And then, of course, we got to Stirling and had to turn right, you know, you turn right to go up to the peak. And that was super cold and windy mm, again. It was. Yeah, and, that, and the wind was coming straight into our face too mm. as we were going up to the summit. Yeah, mm. it was straight in our face. It was freezing cold. Um, yeah, it was very unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. So you know, I mean, it wasn't as bad as Bogong, mm. but I certainly was glad I had my puffy jacket on, and I had the, all the layers I had on on Bogong plus the puffy jacket on top. Mm. 
So that made a big difference. Mm. Um, and I wasn't so cold, but I, admittedly I had the leggings, only the capris on, but that was, it was fine. It was yeah. because my chest was warmer. My legs didn't feel as bad, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then we knew Bulla was going to be cold and with fatigue, you can, you always feel cold more. So that's why Ron messaged you guys to yeah. bring some more coats and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And Ron, you didn't have, you, you were under, layered weren't you like I, you, I was I was wearing had, shorts and yeah. t-shirt and my raincoat yeah and that it, was it. it had got it had got you yeah, <laughs> yeah well, see I had, unexpectedly yeah. I had the t-shirt long sleeve top raincoat and puffy yeah so mm. and I was cold so you yeah. must have been I, freezing I was, very, I was yeah. very cold yeah. but again we don't want to say anything <laughs> no that's it oh he said something <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Trying to work the camera, you know, at the summit oh. of Mount Stale and you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to hold it still while I was shivering uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah, they're not some quality photos from no. up there, are they? <laughs> the last couple of peaks, we've got some some dark, foggy, yeah. blurry photos. Very blurry. So, but yeah, but then you guys met us um, at uh, Cornhill. Yeah. 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 Cornhill Road, just um, crossing Cornhill Road as we were getting close to the Buller Village. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. you brought my my long coat, yeah. my long Katmandu coat. Mm. And I think I put ear warmers on or something like that. We pulled your buff up. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Up over your ears. But it ended up falling down anyway. That, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. The thought was there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you, but you gave me hand warmers. I did. I and, did. I, and I put mittens on top of my gloves. So I had gloves and mittens because I'm once again, I'm one of those people, if my fingers or chest is cold, Yes. I'm done yeah. for. Mm. I know. I said to you, would you like some hand warmers? And the look on your face was like, <laughs> I, I, it was Christmas. Yeah, because I couldn't talk. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was awesome. That was and good. yeah, and you got, well, you ended up putting tracky dacks on. Yeah, just pulling tracksuit pants on over. Because sadly, you shorts. don't have capris. I don't yeah, have capris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you just put tracky dacks on and, 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 and your beanie. The beanie, yeah. was, the beanie was the best thing. Mm. Yeah, my head and ears were very cold. And, and did you get an extra layer on top? No, oh, I bought I, I the wrong jacket, on. remember? Yeah. Oh, you bought, bought my, the wrong... my jacket. No, I bought the I bought your new jacket. Yeah, which was not, not your hoodie. Which was not as warm yeah. as the hoodie. Oh, but so, it still would have been enough. Had... Oh, I've just kept on moving at oh, that okay. stage. Beanie yeah. and pants were probably enough. Oh, yeah. I didn't realise you were still only wearing a, yeah. a t-shirt and a rain jacket. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! Wonder. And there was I missed. <laughs> not my fault. My fault. <laughs> I didn't realise. Yeah. No. Oh, God, yeah. I feel terrible. No. I was tasty warm because. I had all those layers on plus that extra puffy yeah, jacket. Yeah, so you had two puffy jackets on, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I had, well, I had a T-shirt, long sleeve top, raincoat, puffy jacket. And then your overcoat. Yeah, and then my huge overcoat, my, yeah. my, 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 um, my, you know, Down. yard duty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yard duty coat on. Uh. And, um, yeah, and I was, I could barely move. I was like the Michelin man. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so then we just kept going mm. and we went up my favourite trail. What's it called? Woolly butt. That's right. woolly butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, or was that before or after that? That, that was just before. Oh, yeah, so we just, just come up woolly butt. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so then so then we went up into the village and um, we'd originally planned to sort of go around to get to the um, yeah, summit. Follow the nature walk, we, mm -hmm. we planned. But we instead went up the road just because it was going to be quicker and we were just so damn cold. Yep. Mm. I mean, I still was cold. But you know, not obviously not as cold yeah. as you. The, the road was just a little more direct. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 
And um, of course, my hallucinations, I was hallucinating a lot by then. Mm-hmm. And um, I could see, you know, on this, all the stones on the road, different graffiti art, artistry work. And it was really awesome mm-hmm. work and quite amusing some of it because I was <laughs> laughing out loud, as I recall. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might not have heard me because of the wind, but, yeah. you know, it was pretty. <laughs> and I kept wanting to say, but just look at it. It's so good. But you swore to God there wasn't anything there. I'm pretty sure there wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was, mm-hmm. um, it was awesome art. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then we made it. By this time, the fog had really oh, blown in. Oh, so yeah. visibility was down to yeah. five metres at best. Mm. That, oh, at the, not even yeah. that, I don't reckon. Yeah. And the wind was howling and it was freezing yeah. cold. Yeah. And it was, what, what 10, 10, 10 uh, 30? No, it was about 11 o'clock by, yeah. by the stage. 11, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because we got, well, we didn't well. Up, yeah. about, by the time we got to the car park, it was 11. Yeah. Around 11. Yeah. 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 And so, so this then, is well into the, your third night now. Oh, yeah. And so then um, from there, you've got to climb to the summit from the car park. And, and that's something I've done a bajillion times before. Mm. But honestly, I had no clue where to go because there was no visibility. You could not see mm. the trail at all. Mm. Yeah. You just had to once again focus on that worn piece of grass in front of you and hope that that worn piece kept going mm. and got you to the top. So, yeah. yeah, so we went up and finally got went up the stairs once you hit the stairs you know you're nearly there mm. and then we got to the can and then your hands were so cold <laughs> i couldn't work the camera to take a photo oh. it just wasn't working the camera just wasn't and we're like <laughs> and yeah and then we were starting to get frantic because you know we we're standing we're like, still and i'm like but you gotta get a photo to prove yeah. that i was here he's like but i can <laughs> so, so. Uh. so yeah so and your phone had gone flat yeah my just just as we got to the top I pulled it out and I started to film and it filmed for like five seconds and then died. Yeah. Oh. So then he had to work out how to use mine, which you can't do it on the best of days, <laughs> let alone um, when your hands are frozen. Mm. So then, yeah, trying to teach you how to use that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, once again, makes for a good story. Yeah. At the time it didn't, but, mm. you know, it was quite funny and I managed to, you know, you managed to get a photo. Yep. So that all worked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had to, of course, bloody walk back down. Oh, back the down the Ron refused to piggyback me. Oh. <laughs> so rude. I know, right? Yeah. Um, and I think you met, met us at the bottom of the stairs and I promptly fell. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really a fall, it was, it was, it was like a, a pirouette. It was yeah. more of a lean and then more lean and then more lean and then you're on the ground. <laughs> so it, was kind of, it was a very graceful lean. lean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so um oh. yeah, so but but and it was funny when when I did get to the summit and I stopped the watch, it said exactly 291, like mm. not 291.43 or mm. something, you know, but 200, which was good because then I didn't have to do laps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we did suggest doing summit, you know, repeats until repeat you got to 300. Oh. Yeah, imagine that. No thanks. <laughs> and what was that like then? So you you're at the top, you're done, you're finished, you've turned your watch off. And it you've was got to get re- back down. It, it actually, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, okay. No, and, and you know what? I thought I'd get to the top and I'd be like, woo, yay, this is so awesome and I'm so happy. But there was kind of none of that feeling. It was just like, oh, okay, I'm done now. All right, go back now. You know, it yeah. was very um, matter of fact and I think that was more due to the state of my mind rather than of my real feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was happy, but it was just like, mm. that's all right, just get back down. It was, I think it was my body's way of just yeah. making, looking after me and getting me off there and um, getting somewhere warm, which was your car. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that um, did feel good to sit down, I tell yeah. you. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, to sit down and know that you didn't have to get up. And yeah, exactly. Like, there was no more running. Yeah, um, that I could stop now. A couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, then I'm starting to think about running again. Oh. I know, crazy, isn't it? Mm. So what what's the, what was the recovery like? Oh what, was the, what were those lo- next few days like? Well, yeah. you know, so then, then Monday we get up and, you know, we shuffle around to the we went and stayed at the Mary Jig Motel and they are awesome. We've stayed there a couple of times. They are so good. Yeah. They remembered us and they Aww. set it all up and, and so that we could stay there, um, they, come they, in late. They delivered food to our room <clears throat> yep. um, the night before, so it was there It was really sitting ready for us, so we only had to um, warm it up. Mm-hmm. I woke up pretty early because I was hungry, but, you know, of course I still struggled to eat because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I couldn't open my mouth, so getting food in and I couldn't chew, so it kind of made for... Just a food explosion. Yeah. <laughs> As Ron will like attest to. Trying to a baby. Yes. Ron just was in horror when he saw all the food down my front. Yeah. I can't open my mouth. Well, I'm sure she had as much food on the front of her as she did in her mouth. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but, you know, so then I woke up and while you were sleeping, I yeah. ate more and cleaned yeah. up later. Because <laughs> um, I just couldn't sleep because I was so hungry because I've gone mm. so many hours without eating. Yeah. And then um, you eventually woke up and we um, went to the little restaurant they mm. have and, and had eggs and that because that's a bit easier to eat mm. and um and then we drove home meaning you I drove home, yeah. and i slept yeah um and um but that can i just say it was not a comfortable sleep no because <laughs> in the camper van you can't lean the seats back because no, it's upright, upright and yeah. your head's falling off your shoulders um but you know still was better mm. than you having to actually drive <laughs> Mm. I'm glad and, and thank you. <clears throat> but of course, you were in the same boat. You came back down to Mary Jig with us, you and Steve. Yep. And you had to get home. So you'd been yeah. with us since bloody Thursday as well, Thursday mm. night. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and what did you do? You drove to Mansfield. And so I drove to there. Mansfield and slept in the car. I had a mattress in the back of my car, yeah. which I only did use once. Well, that I used yeah. twice. Yeah. Um, and then I woke after a few hours and thought, I'll head home. Yeah. Again, I needed to stop. Oh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I needed to yeah. stop a second time yeah. and just catch up on a bit of sleep and then made it home by 7 a.m. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so then I guess, what was that? That's four days mm. yeah. from, from yeah. home to home. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, so, yeah. and I was meant to be working Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And I just said, look, no, because I had no voice and blisters all over my feet. And it's very hard to be a personal trainer when, when you're like that. I went into work Wednesday morning which even driving there, I still, I was dizzy. I felt dizzy. And um, <clears throat> I lasted two hours of just standing there like with slack jawed. Um, <laughs> and then I said, I've got to go home. Um, and so I went home early and um, yeah, the dizziness really only went away on, on Friday, I would say. I started to feel a little bit better and took the dog for a 4K walk. And actually that's when I thought, oh, I wonder if I could jog. Oh. <laughs> And that was, that but was, I didn't. And that was when the dog started feeling dizzy. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't like doing four-kilometre no, walks. No. He doesn't like doing a four-kilometre walk, let oh. alone a jog. So, so thankfully I had the dog to keep me sane. So, yes, we did not jog. Um, but I, I thought about it, which was a sign that I'm getting better. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I, like today's Sunday and I'm actually, we went for a two-hour bike ride mm-hmm. today and, and actually felt... I was pretty fatigued when we finished, like mm. way more fatigued than I should be from a two-hour bike ride on a bike track, mm. Mm. Yeah. you know. But um, it was good just to get out in the fresh air and get moving and mm. 
Mm. You know, it was good. So, yeah, it, it's coming along. I, at first, I felt so bad after. I thought, oh, my God, once again, not that I'm prone to over-dramatising, but I thought, oh, my God, this is going to last forever <laughs> or for weeks at least. Yeah. I thought oh, I was going to be like that for weeks. Mm. And, um, and this week I've just allowed myself free reign to sleep, nap, and to eat. Like yeah. All I've done is eat. Tomorrow I'm going to go back, not to being strict, but to just eating more normally. But this week I thought, no, I've just got to, if I feel hungry, eat. Normally if I'm hungry, I just don't worry about it and wait till the next meal, you know, because yeah. if I... Truly, if I ate every time I was hungry, I'd be eating 24-7 because <laughs> I just love eating. <laughs> so but this week I allowed myself the luxury of eating more than I probably would. But I'm a big believer that eating and sleep are the two best forms of recovery, better than any of these high-fangled, you yeah. know, compression yeah. boot thingies, <clears throat> whatnot, whatever. <clears throat> eating and sleeping are the best. Yeah. And in saying that, I also got a massage from Steve, a 90-minute massage, so my shoulders and everything because... They'd been really sore mm. from, you know, I think probably from being up. cold. Yeah, shimmering. And, yeah. and the poles yeah. and, and everything. Your pack and your yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let alone my legs. But my legs, I haven't had any leg soreness, so which I think is a, is a testament to the conditioning I had. And, you know, for the last month I was getting weekly massages. Mm. I think all of that. And I was doing yoga in the last month as I was reducing the running. I think all of that really helped me and, and I did lots of strength work um, in my build-up too, yeah. um, lots of functional training. I just think all of that allowed my body to cope with it really well, you know. And, yeah, I got some blisters, but it's to be expected when you're on your feet for that bloody yeah. long, yeah. you know. And they're wet at, yeah, at, at various times. points. They, were, yeah, that's they right. were wet for, you know. And, yeah. I mean, I wore gaiters to keep any debris out, which which helped mostly, which, which did help, mm. you know. They could have been worse than my feet. But... I just think you spend that much time on your feet, you're going to have some feet issues. And considering yep. how much time I spend on my feet, the feet issues weren't that bad. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. You know? Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And how's how about you guys as crew? How's your recovery been? Yeah, I think a lot of sleeping was yeah. was mm. the, the remedy, really. Yeah. 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 It yeah. is yeah. the so best, same. isn't it? So, all, so most of Monday I just slept. I went to work Monday night for a few hours. Yeah. Um, and then... Tuesday, I'd say, was my worst day. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. sort of, I thought, oh, I've had a it good sleep. Yes. Um, I'm doing okay. But then Tuesday about midday, I was, yeah. Yes. And I think mm. I was due to run and I said, yes. you, I'm having another day off. No, <laughs> you told me you were going to yeah, have a, I think, yeah. a rest day Tuesday. I I, yes. But before, I thought, a week before we ramped that's it up. That's right. <laughs> but I wanted to have a rest day because <laughs> I thought I could go and do something oh, you know like otherwise. enjoyable yeah. and you know yeah. get some things done and enjoy yeah, no. just a quiet day but it was sleep. the day was a write-off again yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. it it's amazing what a toll just lack of sleep in general has anybody mm. what about you Ron mm. how did your recovery go I'm fine I didn't run much this week at all I, yeah. I pretty much had a just a week off exercise um, obviously, I had to go back to work as well. Um, but you went back to work Wednesday? I went back to work Wednesday because we on Tuesday we had to clean and return the van. Oh, we as in Ron. <laughs> yes. Well, well, Izzy slept, I cleaned it. Uh, yeah, you had to <laughs> clean out all the leftover oats and peanut yeah, butter. That's right. <laughs> and chicken. And chicken splatters. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've felt quite tired, but, yeah. um, you know, we've got some good night's sleep. and Yeah, because you know, I was going to bed at, saying, yeah. let's go to bed at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Good. Yeah, now I'm, you know, feeling recovered and ready to get back into it. So. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you did um you did 15k on Friday, didn't you? Yeah. Run. Yep. And we didn't do anything yesterday, but you did the bike ride with me today. Yeah. Mm. You'll be running again tomorrow, and mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And yeah. I did. I think I did 10k on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. yeah so you did. Yeah. Just easing back into it. And... Yeah. No speed work or anything. No. Just you know, because I think when you're already tired, mm. doing that could you know affect you. Yeah. How do you think for you? Because you're only recently into ultras, like you only did the um, lumberjack fifty as your first fifty k, not that yeah. long ago. Yeah, just in March. I yeah, think. and yeah. you did you did awesome at that. But how did it go to go from that to doing two nights in a row? Um, well, you know, about think, 20, 23 k's each time. Yeah, it was twenty four and twenty three. So and that's that's, so, that's so a that decent amount in a weekend. Yeah, yeah, so and almost equal to my longest. Yeah, that's right. Effort, but but what I would say is it goes back to having a why. Like you were yeah, saying, what yeah. kept you going? So what kept me going was I was there to support you, yeah, and I wanted yeah. to see you achieve that massive goal, and it yeah. wasn't about me. So it was just yeah. do the job, do the job, you know. Yeah. And of course, obviously several days later I hit the wall but yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was yeah. my why my why was there was to just keep going yeah. just keep going and do what you needed yeah um and that was a really and, strong and awesome that was a yeah. really strong why yeah yeah and you did so well running at night considering you've never run at night before yeah and never had to stay up at, you're gonna do awesome at your first <laughs> miler or 100k because you're used to that sleep deprivation yeah um, yeah thank you I think yeah. it was um it, once again it's all training in the bag that's right yeah. for me yeah. I you know of course you know I wasn't there for my own gains yeah. but I have yes. um you and know, there's nothing wrong gained with that. a lot out yeah. of it um, yeah yeah and, and just seeing good. you you know the way you handled things and you know everything didn't go smoothly every yeah. um, step of the way. So just knowing that, and that's what ultras are about, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Having it's to problem adapt. Solving. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, it was amazing to see that and to see what sort of support you need if yeah. you want to do yeah. these kind of events. Um, so so you two, but, if you've got any tips for people who are crewing somebody doing something like this, what would be some tips you would give other people? The biggest thing I would say is be adaptable. Yeah, because, you know, things Things changed things changed on the fly you know we we had a an approximate schedule of where you were going to be at any given time but of course you know that changed as as we pretty much knew it would yeah um so just be adaptable remember to try and get some sleep yeah i mean i, I didn't get a lot of sleep i think i got maybe six hours for the whole yeah. the whole time that you were out there mm. but and that was in you know hour hour and a half increments Mm. yeah um, and in the car too like yeah in the yeah yeah in the so, van, so, it's so sleep is important also you need to look after yourself as well yes. as your honor yes exactly um but the number one is be adaptable and and just you know don't get flustered just you know look for the solution yeah yeah and but also sorry but also no. just always bear in mind that you're there for the runner so you know just you know make sure that you're there when you need to be there yeah. um you know because there's nothing worse than when a, a tired and exhausted runner's coming into where they're expecting their crew and finding them not there mm. yeah like if yeah. i'd gotten to king heart and you guys weren't there i think i'd have had a mental yeah. breakdown <laughs> which, which was a close run thing because yeah. you got there two hours early than you yeah. but we got there in time yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you yeah. do you have any tips 100 percent oh, agree be, be adaptable yeah and just yeah you have a like plan. you yeah. just going yeah okay simon's not here and i'll just join you yeah like you yeah. have a plan yeah. but in your mind you have to know that that's a loose plan yeah. you could be early you could be late 
Yeah. You don't want your porridge. You want, that's you right. know, yeah. you, you've got to be, you know, always sort of mindful. On your toes. That, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it fun and exciting yeah. and part yeah. of the challenge. So um, would both of you say that being on a crew is is fun, even though it's like you're not being the runner and doing the run and getting mm. all the, wow, you, that's great, you're doing the run. Are there, are there benefits to being on the crew? Like what's, I, I what's actually, good about being on the crew? I actually had a great weekend. I oh, really good. enjoyed yeah. it. You know, the people that we were with, yeah. um, you know, I loved hanging out with, with, you know, the people that were there. Yeah. Um, it was a challenge for me as well as it was for you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great challenge and, and it was a lot of fun. So, and thoroughly enjoyable to see um, you achieving, yeah. you know, what you set out to do because we, or, or with our help. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Anything to yeah, add to that? No, no, definitely. Um, it, it was it was fun. It was really really fun to be yeah, part, to be part of part of a team and part of you know a group of people who we all just came together. Yes. having only right. just met. Yeah, a lot of us having just met that that weekend. That's right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I met you the week before. Yes, the, yeah. The week or two before. Yeah, we had a we had a little for a little meeting impromptu yeah. meeting yeah. of yeah. the main crew mm. and yeah so yeah yeah but yeah so wonderful to meet um you know so many different people and to travel to places that i wouldn't go like yeah. i wouldn't mm. go yeah. there no out the back of nowhere with the hunters and the dogs <laughs> <laughs> just in my day-to-day -day life no, that's so, right. yeah. you know it was a wonderful adventure yeah. and you know yeah so yeah. inspiring to yeah. see you know you do that and it was like I was proud to be a part of it. So yeah, awesome. I would definitely do it again. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, I'll keep that right. Yeah. So next time, <laughs> next time when you think of something oh, else, oh, call yeah. me up. I can just imagine that we will be thinking of more things. Well, on that mm. note, yes. what is next? Well, yeah. well, well, I'm doing the Cleland 50 in South Australia at the end of May, but that's more just for fun and a chance to travel. And we've got to organise an entry for you too, because mm -hmm. we'll run that together. Um, but then basically my next A goal is the uh, last one standing Clint Eastwood in August in Queensland. Um, and part of doing this uh, Seven Peaks was also to see how long I could go without sleep. Mm -hmm. Mind you, it'd be different doing the last man standing because I wouldn't be able to get 40 minutes of sleep. It'll be like five minute box. Mm -hmm. But I think if I start earlier, that would be better. But um, yeah, so that's the next challenge. I don't know how I'll go at that. I've always said, no, I would never do one of those races because I think it would be horrible, um, but because of that, that's probably part of the reason why I want to do it. I reckon if you went at 60, for 67 hours there, you might just about win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping I wouldn't need to go, no one would need to go that long. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, who knows? Mm. But you see, it's a different kind of challenge. It's it's flatter. It's, mm. it's a, a lot of strategy. It's a lot of, yeah, mm. so that's going to be mm. tough. But I also think, I also think we should devise a new challenge of some description. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we, we shall have to see. Watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll also be doing I'll also be doing a lot more row gaming and orienteering in preparation for um Barclay next year because by God, by hook or by crook, I'm going there next year. <laughs> um so even if I have to quarantine on returning home, I'm just gonna do it. So yeah, that's that's the, the loose plan for the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and how about how about you, Tracy? What are you doing next? Tell everyone. So, uh, well, well, my long term, I guess, my A race is GSER that's fifty right. miler. So yeah. that's not till November. Yeah. 
Um, but based so, on the, your running on over the, that weekend, I think you'll yeah, you'll know. Yeah, yeah, it will be really exciting. Yeah. So and and I think you, the reason that you chose to do this so mm. to inspire people to try new things and you know go out of their comfort zone. Um, like I've been really inspired by that. So oh, awesome. So Good. and then so in that way, I'm taking on something that I've never done before. Yeah. But but I think why not have yeah. a crack? And, yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. you put yourself out there. And you give yourself that opportunity to succeed. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it can happen. Yep. Yeah. yeah, excellent. So, yeah, and, so and, looking forward to that. Oh, it'll be it'll be awesome. And, and I won't be able to crew you per se, but I will be there because I'll be helping with the race. So yeah. I will be there. Um, and so will Ron. Uh, Ron, what, other than the Cleveland 50, um, which you only agreed to today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just now. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, what What are your? Do you you just talk to people about your feelings on racing and what you your your running goals yeah. are? I'm uh, not much of a racer. I, I'm lucky if I enter one or two races a year. Um, I get more enjoyment out of working behind the scenes at races. Yeah. So I'll um, usually either work with the organisers in setting up courses or you know setting up checkpoints and things like that. Or I'll work with um, a friend of mine who runs the medical um, safety side of it, um, Deb yeah. Sharp. Um, I've, I've helped her out of at a lot of races, and, and Izzy and I will be at D, DU135 yeah. um, in the next couple of weeks doing that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get more and I get my enjoyment out of you know helping people, you know, achieve their goals rather than achieving my own, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's and, and that's it like we don't all have to want to all run because we want to race there's so many different ways you can experience the trail and ultra running life if you've, uh, if you've never volunteered at a race i yeah. strongly suggest that it's so much fun and it's yeah. so rewarding mm. yeah and and, yeah. and and you've already like you're only new to ultra and trail running but you've already volunteered at a race at yeah 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 and and you know it's it's a way of giving back to the community and also you see a whole different side I, I think it's really, I mean, I've, I haven't volunteered at a heap, but quite a, a few, not as much mm. as you, Ron, but I've done a few. And it just is, it's different. And, yeah, it's really rewarding, but in a different way. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So get on it, everybody. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And we need the volunteers. Ultimately, oh, yeah. we can't have these races without the That's volunteers. Right. So, And it's a good way if someone's sort of thinking, oh, I'd like to get into ultras or I'd like to do 100K or, yeah. you know, maybe go and volunteer and see it from that perspective yeah. Yeah. and be involved in that way. And then you can see what's involved. Um, you can see how it runs. And, and see you know. what's necessary to, to get through it. That's right. Know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that's that's super important. That's right. And if that doesn't scare you off, then go and do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so true, so true. So maybe don't. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ron and Tracy, for joining me today and interviewing me on the podcast. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed the chat. And if you have any more questions, you know, that maybe we didn't think of, um, feel free to message me and, and I can attempt to answer them at some point. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank awesome. you. Thanks thank for you. having us. And goodbye. Mm -hmm. Goodbye, everyone.
Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Since recording the interview, the course has been accepted as an official FKT course and I now officially hold the record for solo female supported. This is very exciting news for me and makes all the work done by me and the crew worthwhile. Don't forget to get on over to YouTube to see the video of our chat. As always, if you have any ideas for future interviews or topics, please let me know. Have a great week of running and racing.